The message you are listening to was recorded by Campus Outreach for the 2017 New Year's Conference. More information about New Year's Conference can be found at newyearsconference.com. Welcome. I'm glad you guys came. Uh, seminar on Emotional Intelligence. My name is Stefan Souter. I'm on staff with Campus Outreach at uh, Illinois State University. So, yeah, uh, we're actually like a new campus this year, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, I did my undergrad at Olivet Nazarene University, so, yeah, Olivet. Uh, anyway, so, um, I got a lot of things to say. I could tell you more about me, but it's pretty uninteresting. So, uh, we're going to dive right in. I have a lot of things um, I want to say, so I'll pray for our time, then we can dive in. Uh, Father God, thank you so much that you are the Lord and that... Uh, over all of the things we feel and think and that you're in control, Lord. And so thank you that our identity is secure in the cross of Jesus Christ. Thank you for using Gucci to come speak to us. And would you speak to us now? Um, help us to just grow in the subject of emotional intelligence. And for all this in Christ's name, amen. Okay, if you guys can hear me in the back, just like put your hand up. I will try to talk. <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> I was like, I think I like I'm talking loud, but... Uh, if I start to not talk loud, just throw your hand up. So, uh, I want to begin by having everyone just take 15 seconds and think about how you're feeling right now. Um, I put up a chart. I, I'm sorry if you can't see these from the back. Uh, they're just buzzwords of how you're feeling, so sometimes it's cool to like look at some stuff and just think how you're feeling right now, but just take a second. Okay, shout some of the words out of what you're, you guys are feeling right now. Tired. Tired. Exhausted. Excited. Anxious. Excited. Refreshed. Refreshed. The opposite of the first two. <laughs> yeah. The point, the point of the diagram is this, is that uh, I'm going to kind of obviously get into what emotional intelligence is, but emotions are crazy. Like, if you just think about it for a second... It's actually kind of funny, there's a lot more girls in here than there's guys, which I kind of assumed would happen, but I wish there was more guys in here. Um, but it, emotions are changing all the time, and they're happening on a dime, and half the time you don't even know what's going on. Okay, so like, just think with me for a second about your morning this morning. This may or may not have happened, but I'm just kind of making up some situations. Let's say you woke up at 9 o'clock, the rally's at 10, and your roommate walks in, hands you a Starbucks coffee. If you're like me, your emotions are exuberant, right? You're pumped. I just feel like, dude, you are the man. Thank you. And I'd probably get out of bed, and, or maybe I'd just sit there and be like, set it on the desk. And so, um, and then let's say I get up, and I'm, you know, when I get up, first thing I have to do is always pee. So I walk to the bathroom, and let's just say the door's locked because Cade's in there taking a shower. And I'm like, dude, who locks the door? Like, I need to use the toilet right now, and I'm frustrated, right? I'm angry, and then I turn around, and maybe I say something to the guy in bed, like, dude, he's such an idiot, like, who does that? Doesn't he know other people need to use the bathroom? There's four people staying in this room. And then I grab my phone, and I look at it, and there's a text from some girl that I kind of like, and it seems ambiguous that maybe our relationship's, like, not what I thought it was, or, and now I'm anxious because I'm scared, and... And then I'm hungry because I haven't eaten anything. <laughs> the point is this, is that 
Emotions are crazy. Like they just cause you to think crazy things, and if they're changing super, super quickly, all the time. Uh, a big buzzword for that is just reactivity. We live. This is an. I'll try to like highlight what's on your outline. Um, yeah, just somebody say something if I skip over something, but I'll try to hit everything. But the bottom line is, is we just live in a reactive society, and you know this to be true. Like, we are just responding to our emotions all the time. Just, just, I feel depressed, I'll go do this. I'm excited, therefore I do. I'm anxious, therefore I act. I'm angry, therefore I have the right to yell. Just all of these things. And, um... That's kind of the point is, is that you guys all feel this on some level and your emotions are just evoking responses in you. And this topic of emotional intelligence is how do you govern that? Like, how do you control all of those things? Like, what do you do when your emotions, and, and I'm not talking about like being the most expressive person. Like, I think when I say emotions, some of you are like, yeah, like the one girl that's always crying, you know, like and that's not to like knock on any women. I'm just saying that's kind of what comes to your head and that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about every single one of you feel things on a deep level in your desires and your longings and it's causing you to react to how you experience life. So I'm not talking about expression. I'm just talking about like your emotions, you have them. And your ability to do that is this topic of emotional intelligence. Uh, I think the first blank, I actually don't have a handout, but I think it's, uh, I didn't have it on my PowerPoint either, but it's emotional intelligence is someone who is aware of emotions, so it's aware and able to regulate them. So you're aware of your emotions, we're going to talk a lot about awareness and regulation, so I'm just kind of just giving you the definition uh, off the bat, but being emotionally intelligent in layman's terms is just you know what's going on inside of you you know why you're feeling and what and why you're feeling that way but you're able to respond correctly like you're not just like led drug around by your emotions just letting them do all the way that you respond to life with um in a spiritual sense this isn't on your outline either but it's like what the, the guy that writes proverbs says right whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty and he who rules his spirit than he who takes the city what the writer is saying, which is actually pretty profound if you think about that, is that if you rule your sp spirit, you're greater than someone that takes a city. And that's, the, like, that's like the biblical language of like what it is to be emotionally intelligent, to like govern yourself. You have control over yourself. Um, and, and I just want to give two reasons really quick, uh, just why is this so important. Uh, just one on a general scale, emotional intelligence is important because people who are emotionally intelligent are what make great leaders. If you read any literature, uh, this is one of the books I read for this, uh, Harvard Business Review, Top 10 Emotional Intelligence, uh, another book, Failure of Nerve, that I think is at the bookstore. Um, if you look into emotional intelligence, like this is everywhere in the workforce. Like if you want to get a job someday, they're looking for this. Like if you want to be a leader, like this is the thing that people, like this is the extra thing. Uh, David Goldman, he's like the guy that's like the guru of this. I, I don't expect anyone to know who that is, but um, he has a quote that he says, it's not that IQ and technical skills are irrelevant. They do matter, but mainly as threshold capabilities. And what he's saying right there is, one of the reasons this is important, because you're all going to go get jobs someday, right? And you're all going to kind of like measure up on skill, like your degree, like 
yeah, I'm skilled in this area. And he's saying those are great things, like be skilled. But what he's saying is like the, the X factor is emotional intelligence. And you all know that to be true because you know people who have the presence about them who know how to govern their emotions. Like they're not these reactive people who are like, dude, no one wants to work with that person because like they're just pissed all the time. Or like every time someone tells them to do something, they complain. Like they can't control the things that they're doing. So I think that's just one reason why it's important. Another reason that's important is just because the Bible's saying this is important. Um, two passages. This isn't on your outline yet, but just think about these with me. Romans 12.2, Ephesians 4.23. You probably all heard Romans 12.2. Uh, Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. Ephesians 4.23 is really similar. Be renewed in the spirit of your minds. One of the things Paul, I think, is saying there is just it's important to renew your mind. Obviously, he's saying that's a command. And in the context, especially of Ephesians, he's saying because if you do not do these things, you will be deceived by sin. Like sin will creep up and you're going to go astray. And I don't think it's a stretch to say that he's not just talking about intellectual renewal. Like is there a daily renewal of the gospel that you need to remind yourself of like factual things? Like Jesus died for my sins. Like I'm forgiven. Absolutely. There, but I don't think it's a stretch to say it's also an emotional renewal uh, John Piper, if you guys know who that is, he says, beneath the intellectual problem is the emotional problem of the heart. Um, which is, yeah, beneath the intellectual problem, there's an emotional problem. And what he's saying is, is that that's tied to your longings. That's tied to what you want in life. That's tied to everything you crave and desire and you prefer. And that's often where the problems lie, and that's tied to your emotions in so many ways, and you need to be renewing these things. Um, and then... Just even on like a practical scale of like seeing this in the Bible, like I just it's it's interesting to like read the Bible and think about people in the Bible who go astray partly due to because of their emotions. Like think about Cain and Abel for a second, right? What's one of the reasons Cain kills Abel? Yeah, he's angry, right? But it, you don't really even think about that when you read the story. But it, and certainly there's other things going on. But one thing you have to agree with is that. His anger led him to kill his brother. Like, think about the nation of Israel. Like, they're, up, they're down there. Moses is up on top on the, getting the commandments, right? And all the people are, like, pissed because Moses is taking forever. And they're like, dude, where is Moses? And so then they're like, well, we're impatient. We don't know where Moses is. We're going to build this golden calf. And they build that, and they rebel against God, right? Their emotions, their impatience is leading them to make decisions that are ruining their lives. And, I mean, those are just a few examples. Like, you see this with the disciples all the time. Like, they're complaining who's the greatest. Like, their pride's getting the best of them. They cannot govern their emotions. And just like the Bible, you guys are being led astray by your emotions. I'm being led astray by my, my emotions. That we're all in the same boat. That if you're not careful, you could ruin your relationship with God because you're going to be deceived by your anger, by your jealousy, by your bitterness, by your discontentment. And those things are going to seep in and destroy you. Um, and so that being said, I want to dive into some really practical things. Uh, yeah, I hope you like this picture. That's supposed to be you. Um, so yeah, this is your first blanks on the outline. Uh, unawareness and self-awareness. If there is two words that you will hear when you uh, learn anything about emotional intelligence, it's self-awareness and self-regulation. Those are the two words that come up all the time if you do research on it. Um, but we need to start with self-awareness because that's the prerequisite to self-regulation. Uh, 
Self-awareness, if I were you, if I were you on your outline right next to self-awareness, there's not a blank for this. Just simply put, it's knowing what your emotions are and why you're feeling that way. So it's knowing what, what is happening and, it, and, and it's also knowing why it's happening. Um, and at first glance, this kind of seems obvious. It's like, well, yeah, of course I know how I'm feeling. Like, I'm super angry that that dude just cut me off on the road. Like, of course I know I'm angry. Like, but I'm just telling you self-awareness is a lot harder than you think it is. And I've been learning this this past year that I am not nearly as self-aware as I think I thought I was. It's kind of like when Peter says, cast all your anxieties on the Lord. Like, that's a, you know, that's a really common verse that we all know, I think. You can't start casting your anxieties on the Lord unless you know what you're casting, right? Like, oftentimes we just start like, oh, this must be the problem, therefore I'll fix it. But self-awareness is saying, like, maybe that's not the problem. And But we just kind of, like, irrationally just, like, want quick fixes all the time. Like, let's just do this. Like, I feel this way. Okay, I'll go do this. It's like you're never addressing the problem, and that's because you're probably not very self-aware. But I want to give you some like spitfire examples of what I mean, like these aha moments of what it means like to become self-aware. So I'm going to say some that are true for my life. Uh, these are moments where I was like, okay, I'm self-aware now that when I'm in this situation, I know that this is what I'm feeling. So like if I can't, some examples from my own life, if I can't sleep at night, it's usually tied to that I'm anxious about something. Like... I, I think I used to just lay in bed a lot of times, like, I just don't know why I can't sleep. And then finally, I was just like, dude, I am so worried about what's about to happen tomorrow, like this deadline I have to meet or this conversation I'm about to have or whatever. So now I'm like self-aware in the moment, like when I can't sleep, it's like, dude, something's on my heart and I have a problem and I need to go pray to God about it and <laughs> repent. Like, that's what's happening. Or, or uh, other examples are like, when I go into overhaul working, like my tendency is to just plow through things. Like I, I put my head to the grindstone and just go. And when I, now when I sense myself in that moment, it's usually because I'm feeling scared and I'm scared because I actually want people's approval and I want it so bad that I'll just work till I die to get it. And, but like, you see what I'm saying? Like I'm not, some of you do those things and you're not even aware that you're doing them. The self-awareness is saying like, Oh wow. I recognize that because I'm working really hard now, it's not really because I just want to get this project done and want to glorify God. It's really because I'm scared or it's really because I'm fearful. And so self-awareness is like recognizing these moments. Um, and yeah, so that's all I'll say about that. Uh, we're going to jump into some practicals. So this is also on your chart. So you may be asking like, well, okay, so Stefan, how do we develop in this? Like, how do I become a self-aware person? Uh, the first thing is just create time, create time to process. So, uh, I'll talk about unawareness in a second, but we'll stick with this for a second. Um, this might, this is blatantly obvious, but it's the thing that none of you do, right? Like when I ask you how you feel, some of you have no idea how you feel. If you're like me, it's like, well, I think I feel okay. Or like every guy is always like, I feel good. <laughs> I mean, that, my mom asks me how I feel all the time. I'm like, I feel good, mom. And then it's like 20 minutes later, I'm like, I feel terrible. Because <laughs> I don't even know how I feel and because I never took any time to figure out how I feel. And so 
I would just encourage you guys, uh, take some time. Like, you're scheduling time to meet with Jesus or to your prayer life or to read your Bible or whatever. Take some time to process your emotions, like, twice a week. I mean, one thing we do at ISU on our staff team is that every meeting we have, we do this thing that I'm going to talk about in a second called emptying the jug, which we just take time to process our emotions. Because it's extremely important to know how you're feeling because you're, you're about to go interact with people. <clears throat> And your emotions are going to be projected all over everybody if you don't know what you're feeling and you can't regulate it. So take some time to do it. Um, second, use a simple grid. I think that's your blank. And the ones after are mad, glad, scared, and sad. Mad, glad, scared, and sad. So the reason I said use a simple grid is because oftentimes it's like, well, where do you start? Like, you know, how, if I'm going to set aside time, like, what do I think about? Like, I feel good. I feel scared. You know, like, uh, I, I think this is called the emotional bucket. This picture's on Google. You can type it in. Uh, it's the words that I just told you, but this is literally what we do in our meeting. So this is also what I did every single day last spring with my roommate. We would wake up in the morning and say, how are you feeling today? You mad? You glad? You scared, you sad. And the point of the grid is that it's really simple. I mean, I like it, you can use whatever you want. Um, but it kind of just has like four categories of how you could be feeling that branch off into a million. And you know, some days it's like, yeah, I feel glad, you know? It's, it's okay to feel glad, like feel glad. But then some days it's like, dude, I'm scared. Or like, and I know that when I'm starting to become aware, like, okay, and this is why I'm feeling that way. And so just taking time to process, using a grid. Uh, we call it empty the bucket or jug time. So it's kind of funny, like we're going to jug it. Uh, maybe you think that's the stupidest thing ever. I think it's hilarious. But uh, actually, everyone usually hates it because no one really likes talking about their emotions. Um, maybe you do, but I, I do. But uh, sometimes I'm bad at it because I'm not very self-aware of what I'm actually feeling. Uh, next, find someone to process with. So part of growing an awareness is just having somebody that you can tell everything to. Like everything to. Like you need people in your life. I don't know if that's your roommate. I don't know if that's someone who's discipling you. I don't know if that's a teammate or who it is. But if you don't have that person, a good next step after you leave the seminar would be to go find that person or go ask somebody. Because a lot of the reasons you don't, uh, aren't aware of your emotions is because you're very ashamed of the way that you feel or you're, you feel very guilty or you're very scared to share them with anybody because if people knew how you really felt then would they really ever would they embrace you like would they care about you and that's all that Moochie's talking about right it's like security in Christ and what I'm saying is you need people in your life that you can just be like dude I am so angry right now at this person. You know, this, and I'm not talking about gossiping, right? I'm not talking about slandering people. I'm not talking about venting all this stuff, but to some extent, yes, venting of like, you need people that you can just kind of like lay it on the table with and that they can help you be a soundboard for you to bounce your emotions off and what they're linked to. Uh, fourth, ask for feedback. So this is super critical because uh, I'm gonna go to the next slide right quick. So it's feedback, ask for feedback. This is called Jahari's window. Um, if you can't read it, it's really fine because I'm about to explain it. I'm not going to camp out here, but this is kind of an interesting thing. So there's some dude named Jahari. He may invented this little tool, whatever. But what Jahari is saying is, is that there's things about you that I know and you know. 
There's things about you that you know and I don't know. Then there's things about you that you don't know, but I know. And then there's things about you that you don't know and I don't know. And the point of Jahari's window is just saying you have blind spots, right? So asking for feedback is helping you uncover emotional blind spots that you're not even aware of the things that you do. Like, let me give you an example. I was in the airport two days ago, uh, flying back from Denver to Bloomington, Illinois, standing in line with some lady. She's ranting, dude, our flight got all screwed up. I mean, dude, she is letting these American Airlines people have it. Every word in the book, going hard, you know, complaining, yada, yada, yada. And I just sat there, I was like laughing because I was like, you know, thinking about this emotional intelligence stuff. I was like, you are so blind to the fact that your anger is killing you and you don't even know it. You're totally unaware that in, she needs somebody to come give her some feedback. On our team recently, we did this thing where we gave each other feedback. And one of the things they told me was, uh, Stefan, you're too optimistic and your optimism often leads you to overlook details in decision making. But I was so blind to that. Like, this is a good emotion, right? Like being optimistic, like that's a pretty good thing. They weren't saying don't be optimistic. They were just saying, you're blind to the fact that when you get excited about things, you overlook details and then you kind of ruin some decisions. Like that's good feedback about the emotions that I'm feeling that are leading me to just be like, dude, all, all forces ahead. Like we are fine. We don't need to stop. But the point is, is like, no, you're blind to some things. Uh, lastly, find the root. And this takes time. So the, uh, the root, this is like the why that I said earlier. Yeah, sorry, that's really low. Find the root, this takes time. Uh, I'll try to, yeah, keep moving here. But anyway, the root, just saying, your emotions are tied to things that are deeper than just the emotion. And you all know that, right? Like, you, yeah, you might be angry at somebody for doing something. Like, if somebody comes and tells me something that's a hard thing, I might be angry at them. But the reason that I'm really angry at them is because I'm actually scared about something else or I'm, I want control and I'm losing control and it's tied to that. And so the point is, is that as you're doing this, like as you're processing your emotions, don't just leave it, your emotional emptying the bucket time shouldn't just be, yeah, well, I'm, I'm mad and that's it, like, or I'm scared and that's it. Spend some time like thinking about and why do you feel that way? Like ask the why question. And I just put that this takes time, and the reason I put that this takes time is just because you all, and myself included, have been trained to respond to your emotions because you've just been groomed to do that your whole life in certain ways, and some of those are right ways, and some of those are wrong ways. So like, what I mean by this is like, maybe when someone comes in and tells you like something that's wrong in your life, you hate it, and you emotionally just get super angry but you don't even know that you're doing that, but you've just been trained to do that your whole life. You, you see what I'm saying? Like you've developed emotional patterns in your life that you were unaware about and they've been groomed and it takes a lot of time to undo the things that have been done in your life. And, and so I just want to say, be patient with yourself, like growing in emotional intelligence, myself included, like there's things I'm finding out about myself that I do because some coach screamed at me growing up and then now it like makes me scared when I fail because I'm a perfectionist. Like those kind of things. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like you have things that scarred you or like things that came in and were like, dude, this brought pain in my life 
not emotionally respond like that, but you're trying to undo that. And so it's just going to take time. And so give yourself some patience to not just, uh, you're not just going to change on a dime kind of deal. Um, okay, one more thing I want to say about unawareness that is not on your thing, but I think this is really important. So uh, if you don't grow in self-awareness, if you just neglect it and say that this is not important, you need to know something that the consequence of not growing in self-awareness is unawareness, and the, con- and the consequence is, is that you're going to start distorting reality. Like, you're going to start depicting a future and depicting people and things that do not even exist. Like, your anger is going to lead you to believe, like the lady in the airport, right? Her anger led her to believe that she was being objective about the air flight. And I was sitting there looking like, are you kidding me? Like, are you out of your mind? Like, you are ridiculous. Like, but she doesn't know that. And she she sees her reality as, and this is right. And your emotions have patterned you to start seeing future realities that don't even exist because you just think it's right. It's like, well, I feel that way and I'm, you know, this is how I should respond. And so that's just a dangerous game to play if you're not developing in this. You just start seeing people and situations and circumstances for what they really aren't, and you're just you. What you end up becoming is a blame displacer. It's everyone else's fault, right? It's not your fault that you feel that way. It's their fault. Like they're the one that told me the hard thing. Like they shouldn't have said it like that. It's like dude, you are responsible for your emotions, not other people. You know, <laughs> it's like a Ben Shapiro quote that I just thought of. But anyway, uh, uh, okay, we'll get into self-regulation. But uh, self-regulation in a nutshell, this is the next branch. I don't think I put it like that. So the branch with the three things under it, that's self-regulation. The, the one on the right with nothing is just non-self-regulation. I don't even know why I put that blank. It's just the unregulated response. Um, and maybe if you want to write next to self-regulation, this is just the ability to respond correctly. So self-regulation, the ability to respond correctly. Okay, first thing um, is, this is on your outline, is God's promises and commands. Um, I'll give you a second. Okay, so with... When you think about self-regulation, you should think about it like this, that it's like a filtering system, okay? So being a self-regulated person is like your immune system. You allow certain things in, you expel other certain things, and you need to filter it through something. And, I, and what I'm saying is, is that I think one of the things that you should consider filtering it through is God's promises and his commands. Um, so like when you're feeling all of these emotions, like your excitement, your, your scaredness, your bitterness, your jealousy, your envy, you know, good and bad emotions, you need to say, okay, and what does God's promises say in light of all of this? I mean, the thing, the thing that emotions do is they distort reality, like I just said. So you need to go to where, what does God say is true about life? Like that is such a hard thing to do in the moment. And you all know what I'm talking about. Like, when the emotions are raging, like, think about, like, the, I think a good example for guys is, like, er, and girls, too, but when you're out playing basketball on the court and some dude just does some, like, low ball thing and, like, hits, you know, I don't even know what they do. Like, they run you over or foul the crap out of you, and you just, 
what what happens? Like a switch triggers in your head, and it's like, dude, I am, oh, like I am angry. Like I want to kill that person. And I mean, that's what happens. And that that's a maybe that doesn't happen to you or whatever. But the point is, is that emotions just like, it's just like on. Like all of a sudden, like, hey, can you share your testimony to this thing? It's like, dude, I'm scared. Oh my gosh, like fear just overtakes you, or like. Uh, things like that are happening and what I'm saying is is that you have to pull what God's promises do is this is that they take you from ground zero and they pull you up to the 10,000 foot perspective and they allow you to see what is actually true in life and it's so hard to do that um, and what I'm saying is is you need promises to just be there on the spot for you I listed some uh, on your outline next to you or next next to that thing but uh some of the promises I think I listed are just, uh, those are actually the ones that I use, so feel free to, to take them. I'm sure I took them from somebody else. But uh, Psalm 112, 6 through 8, great promise on there. I mean, my full-time job is telling people about the gospel, and I know that you all know that if you try to do that, it's a pretty scary thing at times. And I just want to tell you that every single time I'm about to do it, I'm scared. Every single time. And it's my full-time job. And you know what I do every single time? I think of Psalm 112, 6 through 8, and think, not afraid of bad news like I don't have to be afraid of bad news God says that the righteous will never be moved he'll be remembered forever and those are the kind of promises that you need to know and that they need to be written around you and close to you Isaiah 41 10 that one's on there that God is with you that fear not like I'm going to be with you on this next chapter of your life like some of you are about to go make huge life decisions God's with you like your fear is going to come in and try and take you over and I'm just saying like don't Listen to the right voice. Like, listen to God's voice. Um, yes. Uh, that's, that's all I want to say about that. I was going to share another example, but it's okay. <laughs> uh, next, my vision. Um, so self-regulation. One of, this is another thing you need to filter your emotions through is just your vision. I think Mucci actually said it better, so maybe you could write in parentheses, mission, my mission. Um, and this is what I mean by this, is that emotions come in, it, it, just a sidebar, emotions aren't bad, okay? Like, I, I'm talking about them like they're always terrible, like, they're not terrible. They're just unregulated emotions, that's a bad thing. You need to be able to channel them. So, yeah, end plug. Uh, so your vision is, is that, or your mission, is, is that you want your emotions to be in line with the vision and the mission that you've set for your life. And some of you, maybe you haven't done that, and that's okay. But I think one thing that you should do is, after you leave this conference, is sit down and think about, what do I want my life to be about? Like, what do I want, what do I want it to count for? Like, wh what do I want to accomplish? Like, what's my, what's my goal? Where am I going? And because and, your emotions are going to come in and try and distract you from your vision, okay? So... I was looking at Troy, but in the back, don't, you don't have to look at him or whatever, but uh, he's going to go be a doctor, right? I'm sure maybe some of the other people in the room are going to go be doctors, but I can only imagine that doing that, that at times he's discontent, that at times he's lonely, that at times he's super impatient, that his workload sucks, that he's, he's discontent, you know, whatever, you know, maybe he's feeling all these things, and if he just gave into his emotions, what would he do? Probably drop out of med school and not be a doctor. And the point is, is that your emotions are going to try and rip you from the very things that you need, that you need so bad. And so 
I don't know what your mission is or your vision is, but I do know that if I listen to the fear that knocks on my door all the time, or if I listen to the jealousy or the envy that I feel, or the discontentment that I feel, that I would be making very dumb decisions. And I wouldn't be, my life wouldn't count for anything because I'd just be giving into emotions because they're unregulated. Uh, so, it, and, and just one more thing about vision is just even good things. Like a lot of times people are like, aren't you excited that you could go give money and time and this and this to this? It's like, of course I'm excited. But if, if I said yes to every single thing, that would be distracting from my vision. And so that's just an important thing to know. Like even good things that are like exciting things, like funnel them through your vision. Otherwise you're just somebody, you're a people pleaser or something. Like you're a guy with no vision or a girl. Uh, and then lastly, just what I can control. Um, so regulate through the filter. So a lot, I've been doing this all the time in my prayer life. This semester is just, okay. I'm the, when I'm when I'm talking about what you can control, I'm na- I'm mainly talking about other people because, as you all know, that it's just it's not just you that's emotional. It's every other person in the room, and you're dealing with them and living with them and all these other things. And the point the point of this point is just that you are only responsible for yourself. You can't control other people's emotions as much as you would like to. You can help other people. I'm not saying don't help people, I'm saying do that. But what I'm saying is, is you know, when, when this guy's anxious because he's coming to me with this problem, the tendency for you is to take on their anxiety and be anxious with them. Okay, that's not, that's not right. Like, that's not regulating your emotions. You're taking on things that aren't yours to take on. You are only responsible for you. I'm not saying don't help the person that's coming to you with this problem that's anxious, I'm just saying their emotions are their emotions, and you cannot control them. You can help them, but just don't take on those things. Uh, yeah. And, okay. Uh, I'm going to kind of wrap up here with a few things. But uh, I just want to give a warning um, that this isn't on your outline. You can write this down if you want or whatever. I, just, I, thought, I think this is important, that regulating your emotions does not mean you forget about them. It does mean you respond to God's voice above the emotional voices. Um, I'll, I'll explain what I'm saying here <clears throat> like this. I think when some people think about emotional intelligence or like this idea of like, okay, like I want to stop listening to my emotions all the time. What I'm not saying is that the feelings just go away. Okay, like think about how many situations that have trained you to be scared, to be excited, or to be angry. Like, it's not that when I go share the gospel that I'm just all of a sudden not scared. Like, there, there comes a point when I feel that effect, but it's usually not prior to having done it. And what I'm saying is, is that you're, you're kind of, when you're making decisions in light of your emotions, you're like, okay, I know that I'm supposed to go do this, but I'm really scared. And then you're looking at God's promise, and you're kind of like, I feel this, but I see this, and you're trying to choose. And I'm saying self-regulation is you're choosing this even though you still feel this. Like, does that make sense what I'm saying? Like, the feeling just doesn't go away. Like, it doesn't mean that when I never, like, I just lose all feeling. It's just saying that I'm listening to God's voice above all the other voices. So I'm not, I'm not saying, like, become emotionally numb and just pretend like, oh, it doesn't exist, that I'm not angry right now. 
It's like, no, when the guy does something that wrongs me, I'm angry. But I'm going to regulate my response and choose God's command over my emotion. It doesn't take away the fact that I'm like, I'm still kind of perturbed that like, you just did that thing to me. So I just wanted to say that, and, uh, and I'll end by saying this, that uh, growing in emotional intelligence is a process. And I know I've said that a few times, but it, it's kind of cool to think about like the future of your emotional intelligence. And what I mean is, is that like think about yourself years from now, like what this looks like is like this is all happening, hopefully, on a growing expedited cycle. And so it's like when you're in situations where you're, ten- you're tempted to just always be responding according to your emotions, the emotionally intelligent person, as they get older, it's like it happens quicker in their head. Like, okay, awareness. Like, I'm in the moment. I'm scared. Okay, God's promise. I respond. You know, like right now, maybe you're like, this is just super slow. Like, it takes me forever to, like, overcome my fears. Or it takes me forever to not be angry. It, it, it's taking me forever to, like, forget about the pain that happened in this situation. And what I'm saying is, is the emotionally intelligent person is just, like, they're trained over time just to kind of, like, do that on an expedited level. And, and that's, I think that's just a cool thing to think about, that you guys, I'm hoping, myself included, are all going to be men and women who are just killing our sin better, not always just being led to and fro by our emotions. Um, and if you want some sweet examples, just read the Gospels through the lens uh, of looking at that which, uh, at Jesus' life. Like, if you want to see the most emotionally intelligent person, it's Jesus Christ. Like, read the Gospels and just look at him in situations where you would respond differently. Like, the best example, I think, about this whole topic is the boat. You know, the, when the disciples are on the boat, the storm's raging. He's asleep in the, in the bow of the boat, right? And you just think to yourself, like, dude, there's a freaking hurricane going on. Or, you know, no, obviously not a hurricane because it's on a, a lake, but... Uh, there's this huge storm going on and Jesus is just calm and like that is like the description of his demeanor of emotional intelligence is that the outside is just raging but inside he can control one thing and that's what he believes is true about well himself but for you about what you believe is true about Jesus Christ and his promises to you and uh, so I hope you can take some time and just consider Christ Uh, when your emotions are raging like one thing I've been doing all semester is just uh, Hebrews 4 just man, Jesus, like, you were without sin and tempted in every way that I was. You endured the cross. Like, you went to it for me. And I'm, my anger is going to hold me back from, like, going reconciling with this person. Like, you're an, I'm an idiot. Like, seriously. Like, and so, I mean, that's how irrational emotion, emotion things do things. So, uh, yeah, that's all I have to say, guys. If you have questions, you can come ask me. I think the failure of Nerve Book is for sale in the bookstore, but I think there's only like three copies and it's pretty expensive. And to be quite honest, I wouldn't recommend it to every single person. So uh, if you're thinking about buying it, come ask me. But uh, that's all I got. Go get some rest. Have some fun tonight. Uh, that's it. Thank you for listening to this message from Campus Outreach. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without written permission from Campus Outreach. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at newyearsconference.com.